Everyone goes New England IPA. I, I love New England IPAs, but it's devilishly competitive. Um, and I, I struggle to think that it's going to last forever. And I, I just, not every New England IPA can sell. That's just not possible. Whereas a really solid lager made as a craft beer, it, it seems to work for us. And that was Jeff from Zeal's Beer Company on this week's episode of Brew Roots. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Erica. Hello. What's going on? You know, another day in paradise. Another day in paradise. The year well, of COVID. The year of COVID. Well, I mean, you can't be doing too bad. You got a pretty good Bentwater seltzer in your hand. Yeah, I didn't even know. I mean, this must be their first seltzer, I guess, because I don't think I've seen seltzer from them before. I have. I've just never oh, tried have. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm it's just been out to the for game. a while. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. you were definitely <laughs> to the game. Um, but yeah, they. I remember them having it at least when, I want to say when covid first started right, right, right. Like it's been it's been multiple okay. months well, as far as i know that's cool i like it a lot yeah i haven't had one yet um i bought it and I erica was it. the first one to <laughs> to grab one i saw it in that fridge and i took advantage and it's delicious is it no regrets so i'm about to crack open um a flying dreams uh beer it's their how do, how do you pronounce this erica uh, uh, I, I, that's like too too complicated. Sizzy Okay, Sizzy IPA. So this is an IPA. Good job. Um, with Belgian yeast, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, Belgian yeast instead of like the typical IPA yeast strains. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, it smells really good. Oh, does it? That's cool. That's cool. And that's like one of the best IPAs I've ever had. <laughs> no, hands down. I that, that Belgian yeast really, it stands out. It's different, right? It stands it, out. Gives yep. it a little bit of different, more obviously Belgian flavor. Yep. But still like, it's an IPA with those hops and bitter. bitter yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. cool. You know, I, I, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think more people should do that. Experiment yeah. with different yeasts. I Like every beer that sure. I have, like it's like a yeast that they use that's not really used for that style i always find interesting mm, um, yeah. and i always love them well it just make it yeah it makes it different yeah it makes it kind of stand out i, I think that's yeah. why uh, why i like yeah. them it's like oh this is different it doesn't taste right. like the, the normal usual the IPA. Us- yeah exactly right, right. yeah yeah no it, great job flying dreams they're out in mm. worcester right yeah in the worcester area worcester um, area worcester where's I mean, the other I one have, i have the can in front Marlboro, of me i think um if I knew how to read, I'd be able to brew and find dreams for Worcester. No, it's in Worcester. Yeah, they have two locations, though. Oh, they do? They're, I think their main hub's in Worcester, and the okay. other one, I want to say, is in Marlboro. Marlboro. Maybe. All right. Yeah, so still western part of the state. Yeah, well, central. Central. That's, that's central. Yep. Well, mm. West of here. West of here, yes. <laughs> so, um, Erica, what have you been drinking this week? Oh, what have I been drinking indeed? Um, well, over the weekend, I actually went up to Maine. I went to Portland. Nice. Yep. You didn't um, go to any of the places we uh, told you to go to. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I roll. Um, went to Maine Beer Company because I've never actually been there. I haven't been there either. Right? I've only it had the stuff that I weird. get in stores, like right. lunch, like yeah. Maine lunch, right? Exactly. So I went up there and I, and I didn't have lunch. I, I don't blame um, you. Yeah, I had they had a, a pilsner on tap, which was excellent. Oh, awesome! Um, oh, it was so clean. Um, it was really good. Um, and then we stopped at a few other places. Yep. We went to Bandit Souls. Um, I'm sorry, Bandit Horn. Bandit Horn. Barreled Souls. Barreled Souls. Yeah. <laughs> so Bandit Horn is um, now just Bandit, as far right. as I know. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah we interviewed them uh, way back. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, really great beer. All the places we stopped at and. That's awesome. Went to uh, Urban Farm. They had some cool stuff. I had a cider that was they they had like a session cider that was cider mixed with one of their kombuchas. Ooh. It was actually really cool. It made it like kind of more funky. Yeah. Um well it's different. It, it was different. It goes, it goes like, back we just to talked what, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was really pretty cool. Um just a lot of great beer that day. Now, did you notice with Maine Lunch, and I don't know, um, with you know, Maine brewing, uh, mm-hmm. is like do they just bottle or do they have cans as well? Because I've only I think seen they bottles. Just bottle. Okay. But you know, that's a good question. Yeah, I've only seen bottles in in, in the yeah. stores. Yeah. So. No, same. Huh. 
Interesting. We should interview them and ask well, them. Well, we about really that. should. You know, I mean, we we, we we have always talked about doing another, you know, huge Maine trip. Um, we should. And it's I, been there's a the thing with Maine and most of New England is you can just do a whole bunch of trips in the multiple. Like you can do multiple trips you can in do the a same full area. Week there. Yeah. In like, Portland. Yeah, alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've only yeah. interviewed a handful of them. Right. You know. For sure. Um, so yeah, who, who who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You never know who's going to be next. And I guess we next. need to go back to Worcester too for flying dreams. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Um, so, I mean, for me, so this weekend I went um, over to Framingham, and everyone knows what's in Framingham. You got Exhibit A, and then you got Jack Savvy. Now, Jack Savvy, I rolled up. Um, they weren't accepting walk-ins. I was super, super womp, disappointed. Womp. Very it's reservations good. only, just yes. so you know. Yeah, don't Which do what I did, was happens. just drive an hour to Jack's yeah. Abbey. Without researching first. <laughs> well, so this is the thing, is I went to their website, and it said, you know, you can make a reservation here. Mm. I thought that was like more of a suggestion and not mandatory. Like gotcha. you have to make a reservation. Yeah. Um, I thought, mm. oh, if you don't make a reservation, you might just have to wait, you know, yeah. 15, 30 minutes. Right, right, right. Totally fine with that. Cool. Whatever. Oh, well. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I was wrong. Next time. <laughs> um, but, but, but there's good news. Ooh. I was able to use my shirts on tap coupon. Ooh, that, exciting. Um, this week, uh, this month uh, was. Well, last uh, month. Last month's box was uh, Springdale. Yeah. Which is a side project of Jack's Abbey. And you get a little swag bag. So I got a really cool glass. I uh, got a cool pin, a couple stickers, and a really badass bottle opener. Whoop, whoop. Um, which, you know, most of the time, if That's you were to cool. try to buy all those stuff, you'd, that'd be all like you 25, to do is 30 pay bucks. 10, 20 bucks for the shirt. Uh, it's 25. Well, either way, you get the shirt, yeah. and then you got all that stuff then on you, top of it. Well, that's just it. That's like the, awesome. The coupons make it worth it. And I want to say two months ago, it could have been three months, it was Extrava Brewing up mm-hmm. in Portland. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure I received two coupons Ooh. from that brewery. Oh, interesting. Which was very different. I was like, surprise. What? <laughs> Lucky you. Um, so I do have a few Portland coupons from, you know, actually more, more than a, reason more why than we have to go up to Portland. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, these coupons are legit. The guy had no idea what it was, but he asked his manager. <laughs> that does um, oftentimes happen, actually, <laughs> <yeah>. guys. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yes, yes, we we can do this. They were like so pumped. Oh, they were that's awesome. super pumped. They're like, yeah, yeah. That's all I heard was, yes, yes. Um, so it worked. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I got my little swag. It, they called it a swag bag. It was actually a swag bag in a glass. It wasn't in a bag. That's fine. But I was it's totally cool. chill. Swag with glass. That. Swag glass. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I picked up a couple um, of stuff from them. I picked up like a Springdale IPA. I have yet to try that. Yep. Um, but then I picked up um, Jack's Abbey's Hoppy Variety Pack. Came with Hopponius Union and then a few of their other specialty. A galaxy in a brew house or something like that? Yeah, it was brow, like a ga- brow. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yep. Um, it was a galaxy brow, Nelson brow, and then something else. Um, but everything was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, actually, that was like the best Hopponius Union I've ever had. You were actually saying they're... Um latest copper legend yes is the best so far yeah like from I, past I years i don't know if they changed anything um but i it wasn't as sweet as i remember last year again it could be me uh, yeah, yeah it could be me yeah. um but like i don't really like wicked sweet malty you know October styles or like you know fest beers in general can go either, either way yeah, they exactly. could be really sweet and malty mm-hmm. or they could be not so sweet. Yeah, it kind of yeah. reminds like when I tried my dad's non-alcoholic beer. You know, that's what mm. it's the only thing he There's can drink. There's a non-alcoholic Oktoberfest out there from Athletic. There is from Athletic. I've been trying Sounds, to find that. You should find that. I want to find um, it too. I went to Georgetown Liquors finds it first. Um, because it said that they carried it. Um, right. I asked um, one of the people there. They didn't have any of Athletic Ugh. Brewing. Yeah. But she made a note to ask the owner. To see if she can get some in. Right. Um, and I told her it was for my father. And I also said, I'm very interested in trying this. Yeah. Because a lot of the reviews I say is that it doesn't. It, it like, you, looks pretty good. I mean, from what I've heard, when I've seen um, people, people posting. don't know that it's not yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. Which no, is like good. mind-blowing. 
Um, but yeah, it's in the alcohol percentage where my father can drink it. Um, so I've been trying to find him a good alternative to his really yeah. sweet, you know, on, or whatever. Uh, he, it's like claw Clausen mm. or something. Interesting. I don't okay. know. It's in a green bottle. Mm. Um, it's super sweet. Like, yeah, it makes, I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. Well, the yeast doesn't eat the sugar, yeah, right? So exactly. It's like, yeah. It's tough to get that sugar out yeah. of there. And I'm sure there's different ways of doing non-alcoholic beer. Oh yeah. Um, but not having the yeast eat all the sugar makes the most sense. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that that's like the easy way, in my opinion. Yeah. Like from just like knowing the principles, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's what I've been drinking this cool. week. Um, solid stuff. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then just another thing is, is with the Mass Brew Bros, definitely keep the date, uh, keep up the date to see where what they're uh, posting. I know last week we mentioned they had some like pumpkin beer, uh, like where you can get some pumpkin beers. Yeah, they did um, an Oktoberfest one as well. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely give them a follow. They're always posting beer updates from the area. Um, yep, and they're two very busy guys so yes. <laughs> you know they during are. during quarantine we saw a lot of articles and then you know now they're kind We're of seeing much back. more beer stops yeah. at like the different breweries so correct yeah cool. yeah Let's bob has been going at it hard oh yeah <laughs> yeah and he was he was in this area and i was super upset that he didn't text didn't us. Even hit us up no come on bob That's, come on bob i know you're listening <laughs> do better so I would say without further ado, we can head to our episode. Yeah, no, definitely on that note. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, folks. <laughs> but yeah, so until next week. Cheers. cheers. All right. So, Erica, where are we? We are in Medfield. You know, I asked you that because I did think I knew that, but yeah. I didn't want to be like, ugh. It's- Definitely. I, I knew it. I know everything. And our listeners wouldn't have known this unless I said it, but this is our second take because I screwed up the name of the brewery but the first the time. So what's the name of the brewery, Erica? Zealous. Zealous. Yeah. Not Zealous. Nailed it. <laughs> Zealous. Yes. Which is important to name it correctly. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, and we're here with Jeff, not Geoff, not Joffrey. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> All Correct. All right. How are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? Not bad. Fabulous. Not bad. Well, it... The heat came out today. I don't know what happened. It was nice and cool this morning, and now it's a little toasty out. It's, oh. been, a, it's been a very humid summer. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Interesting summer as yeah. well. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, so we start our podcast by asking our guests, uh, what is your first memory of beer and your role at the brewery? Um, my first memory of beer is... I'm from England originally, and so the drinking age in England is younger than it is in the United States. So it's 18, but I was drinking before 18, as many people probably do. Um, And it's probably drinking something like a Lohenbau or Stella Artois, which are kind of the higher alcohol lagers available in the UK. There really weren't that many, many varieties available, I felt like. You'd have Guinness, you'd have a bunch of sort of these high-end lagers and then not-so-high-end lagers, not many IPAs. And the English IPA is really not like an American IPA is today anyway. Mm. Um, so that answers your first question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my role at the brewery is I am the founder. I founded uh, Zealous in 2015. We didn't actually go into uh, production and um, distribution until 2017. Mm. Cool. Um, and we've had many changes since then, I will add. Yeah. Um, so tell us about life before Zealous. Uh, what did, was the original plan for you? <laughs> I probably have more than one plan, but I, I origi- I'm from the United Kingdom and I, I moved to the um, United States in the early 2000s. And I moved over a shoe company and I developed um, shoes. Um, All right. And so I've done some designing, directed, and built some brands. Um, and then eventually uh, there were some changes in the company and, and I left um, by my own choice. And I was trying to think of what I should do. And I thought I enjoyed beer. I also wanted to do something which you could make locally. Um, a lot of products these days are not made locally. Mm. And so I, I, found, I, found, I thought beer was a good product and it's something you could also make yourself. Um, and I've always been a runner, a swimmer, and I became a triathlete. And I sort of wanted to put them all together. Um, and I realized that a lot of people who 
um, go and do these events, these races and run. They also drink a lot of beer, um, mostly after the events, um, after training sessions. And I also noticed that no one had really developed a beer for the, that crowd. Mm. Um, so I did some research and started developing a beer, which I thought would work for them and everyone else. Yeah. Now, I've always been fascinated. Why do runners, triathletes drink beer after a race? Is there a scientific <laughs> uh, thing behind it or is it just because they like beer? I think it's primarily because they like beer, okay. honestly. But uh, they, I mean, I think there is a reward thing part to it too. Like, you know, if, you, if, you have, if you're running or doing anything like that, it's a lot of effort. Of and the, I think a beer afterwards helps relax you. And, you know, and it's also the social part of it. A lot of people who run and, and do these things, there's lots of clubs and stuff. It's a big social event. And then beer helps with that. Yeah. Um, there are a few benefits of drinking beer off, uh, after these things, but I think primarily is the social. Very cool. What would be one of the benefits? Just getting those nutrients back in your body, I guess? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are certain things in beer which are, you know, could be seen as beneficial afterwards. Um, I mean, it, mostly beer is a dehydrator, but if you get really low alcohol levels, um, then it's, the dehydration effect is less. Um, but there's certain, there are certain nutrients and um, electrolytes in beer which can be seen as beneficial. Yeah. Um, were you toying around with any other ideas or was beer kind of just like where you wanted to go? Uh, I was toying around with apparel development. I wasn't really toying around with shoe development, um, but definitely apparel development. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of wanted to build a company which would be beer and um, apparel, performance apparel. Yep. Um, because I felt like there was a big kind of crossover in the communities, um, which no one had really harnessed. And I still believe that quite strongly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of press, I think, partly because other people know it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yes, that, that yeah. was the other part of it. Yeah. So you mentioned you wanted to create a beer that was good for athletes and other people, right? Yes. What makes a beer good for athletes? <laughs> what were you trying to do? Uh, well... I, I, um, I found a, um, a scientist, a brewing, he's a brewing scientist, but he's, he has a biochemist, chemistry PhD. Mm. And um, we worked, he'd been brewing for many years. Um, we just discussed, um, we ended up discussing water profiles and we thought it was the best angle to go at in terms of, um, you know, m making a beer. Um, just because brewers always play with their water profiles. Um, and there's lots of reasons to play, play with them. And we, we thought we could do it in a way which would, um, would be useful. Um, one, of, one of the things is you, you can't, like, there's a uh, governing body called the TTB. Um, yep. And you can't really make health statements about beer. So I, I, sh I don't make too many health statements. Yes. <laughs> I, I usually let other people make the health statements one yeah. way or another. Um, but I think it is true that beer has some benefits after, um, after exercise. Um, so yeah. you change the water profile a little bit, and then is your beer also low ABV to kind of? Yeah. So it's so we were so we would basically adjust water profiles using salts, and the salts had more than one purpose. And one of the one of the purpose was to make the beer more flavorful at lower ABVs. Okay. So when you get lower ABVs, it's a real challenge to make your beer as flavorful. Um, I don't think consumers or even some brewers realize this because they don't really go that low in ABV. It's never really a goal for them to do. Um, but, you know, if you, if you look at Untapped, for example, all the highest rated beer, they're all even New England IPAs. Yeah, they're all, yeah. they're all eight, yeah, they're 8%, 9%. Yeah. And yeah. Imperial Stouts really rank yeah. highly. So, you know, compared to our beers, you know, we're kind of trying to compete with them with, a few hands tied behind our back. Right. Um, and one of the ways we do do that is with salts. And, you know, some of the salts can add flavors and they can also um, buttress the uh, mouthfeel. One of the biggest problems you have is like water, beer gets watery at lower alcohol contents because you have less grain in there. Mm -hmm. And um, so we use calcium chloride, we use a lot of flake grains, all of them are multidextrin, all of these things 
um, help to have a much thicker product than you typically would have. Yeah. So I'll, I, I believe anyway, our, our lowest alcohol beer, which is a 3.7% um, New England IPA, which I think is still, oh, wow. it's still unique in the market, yeah. is, um, is, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very low alcohol beer. And it, yes, I, I believe it's lower than Bud Light. And I would challenge anyone to say that our beer has less flavor than Bud Light does. Yeah. And I, I would also <laughs> challenge people if, to compare our beers to other people's beer if they were like, you know, unpackaged. You, some of them, you know, we have a porter now, which we just rebrewed and we changed the recipe slightly. And I know, it's now my favorite beer we have. It's called um, Light Into Dark. And it's only a 4.7% beer. Nice. And I would challenge anyone to, you know, without packaged beer to know how low alcohol it is. Wow. So that means you can drink a little bit more as well and not feel the effects. So does that go back to, you know, the sessionable style that is popular in England and hopefully getting a little bit more popular here? Yes, I definitely think it's getting more popular here. Our beers, you know, there's, you know, suddenly we, we changed our packaging too, which has had a fantastic effect. But also the, um, yes, I think people are going lower in alcohol. Yeah. People have realized they can't drink that much of, yeah. you know, high alcohol beer. Right. Especially if they have children <laughs> or, or driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The name Zealus, where does that come from? So Zealus is the Greek god of competition and rivalry. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Nike's brother, okay. who is the Greek god of uh, um, victory. Okay, so you couldn't name it Nike. Uh, no. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We tried that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Somebody else has it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I kind of wanted a short name, um, and I wanted... I didn't want to name it kind of what it is, which is what some people do with their brands, but I, I wanted it to sort of stand alone. There aren't really any beer brands bidding with Z or Z, as you say in England, mm -hmm. um, either. So I thought it would kind of stand on its own. And it would, over time, it would become more recognizable. It'd be like, oh, that, that's Zealous. I know Zealous. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or Zealous. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, some people also pronounce Zealous. Oh, Zealous. That was kind of fun. I struggle to see how they get that from <laughs> the spelling, but... Yeah. 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 Um, was there ever another name that you wanted to name it, or was this the one that was just? I uh, I actually found probably the hardest thing about building a brand was naming it. We hear it, that a lot. It was yeah. really really hard. I um I had lots and lots and lots of names, and w one of the problems is a lot of them are used or taken in some form or another. Yeah. Whether it's a beer or a company. Yeah. Or a company, and yeah. So no, there were definitely I. I can't think of any right now, which is strange. But no, I had a lot of names, 30 plus names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they also had to be available on, because um, it's not just they're not unused, they also have to be available for uh, uh, websites too. Right. And a lot of websites are kind of... Just taken because of the hell of it. Just taken, yeah. yeah. You, know, you don't want to mess with that because you can try and buy them, but then they, you know, the seller may not even be alive anymore, <laughs> yeah. I think, quite honestly. Right. <laughs> So you mentioned a rebrand of your can art. Yes. Uh, you had quite simple can art I've seen in the stores before. Um, you know, your name pretty bold at the top and then, you know, what the beer was. And that was quick to the point. Yes. Now your can art is incorporating some drawings, I see. Um, when did that start? When did the rebrand re kind of start for you? Um, that's, I think we launched with the Weekender. It was a new beer. And we relaunched with that. In, that's like a Jeep, correct? That is actually a... Um, it's a Land Rover. Land Rover, okay, yeah. Yes. British car, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And my grandfather had one growing up. Yeah. Um, my wife also loves them. And my wife actually designed all our new cans. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, she's a talented artist. And, um, yeah, why do, are you asking why we did it? Or? Yeah. I, I think the old ones were a bit stale and a bit boring, frankly. I don't think they really, uh, I don't think they jumped off the shelf. And yeah. I don't think they spoke to the brand enough um and i will say since we went to the new cans we've had a dramatic change in our sales which is intriguing yeah. right <laughs> but it's definitely true yeah. um for the better yeah and and also since then we've launched in a bunch of states oh, and cool. once you get rolling you get rolling because yep. you know you reach out to other states and you tell them the sales from certain states so in a bit of a unique, well, it's probably not unique at all, but <laughs> I like to think it is. Um, you know, a lot of beer brands have gone very local. Mm. Taprooms, 
that was never what I thought this brand could be. I always thought it could be bigger than that. And, um, and it's, proven the, it's proven the case. I know a lot of like large you know, local brands struggle a little bit when they go out of state. It hasn't totally been our situation. It's because nice. we don't identify. I mean, we, we're based in Medfield and we have a great audience here. And I say they're our regulars. And, um, you know, we have a running club, cycling club, or at least associated with them. Um, but um, the, um, you know, you go, we go to other states, the concept works just as well there as it does here. It's, yeah. you know, it's universal. Right. I'd like to get to the UK at one point. Mm. Yeah. That's a challenge. So where are you right now? I know you just, did you just go to Rhode Island or was it New Jersey? Rhode Island. Rhode yeah. Island. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Everyone mixes those two up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we just got it. We just uh, started a new distributor. So we'll be in the whole of Massachusetts for yep. the first time in Rhode Island. Um, we're in Connecticut, the western okay. Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, we were meant to launch in Tennessee in the spring, but a mixture of tornadoes and coronavirus stopped that. Ah. <laughs> and even, yep. in Pen- even in Pennsylvania, we didn't launch with kegs because all the bars were closed. Oh, geez. right, right. Um, I'm optimistic about going to New York very shortly. Well, cool. I probably shouldn't say that because that will probably <laughs> jinx you. Jinx Hopefully that. not. No, you're just optimistic about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just being optimistic. Yeah. It, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then we've got to have other states too who are interested. Because as I said, once you sell in one state, there's not really any reason to say it's not going to sell in another state. Right. It's just... Yeah. Why is it selling, in your opinion? I think the can art is dramatic um, in, in its effect. I, I also, I think Weekend is a great name very relatable um it moves a little bit away from our concept but still hangs on to it um if our concept's kind of active lifestyle style we we're originally going to call it weekend warrior but i discovered that um inbev or budweiser own that name so oh. Oh, interesting that is interesting i'm not surprised i'm sure <laughs> it's like some budweiser but like trademark something or something or other, yeah, yeah. I, I i didn't want to go there yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so we went a weekender so and also it's it's a lager in the craft market and everyone goes new england ipa mm-hmm. and I, I love new england ipas but it's devilishly competitive yeah um, and i i struggle to think that it's going to last forever and i i just not every new england ipa can sell that's just not possible whereas a really solid lager made as a craft beer it seems to work for us yeah. and, and and it's allowed us to for some of it's grown or other beer brands our, our second one in retail um which retail is the race pace which is the because it's unique yeah um and so yeah, there, there are two biggest beers which sell through nicely yeah. so those are your nice. flagships they are yes yeah. yeah although race pace has been trouble is to be very difficult to brew i will say to execute it's a tough beer 3.7 percent new england ipa is not yeah. e- it's not, not easy. easy yeah definitely because yeah. you just don't have as much protein in there to give you the yeah the um the, the, cla- body the cloudiness mm-hmm. yeah yeah this has been a great interview so far but before we continue let's take a quick break crack open a fresh beer and hear a quick word from our sponsors did you know that your favorite massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in massachusetts our friends over at four star farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally cheers, cheers. our local homebrew shop beer and wine hobby you can get everything you need to make beer wine cider cheese and more not sure where to start they have knowledgeable staff there to help beer and wine hobby is family owned and located in danvers massachusetts visit their website beer-wine.com and use our promo code brutes for 10 percent off your online order today This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. Uh, Who's your brewer? Well... In the tap room, it's me yeah. most of the time. Um, 
we only do taproom exclusives yeah. and we do some gotcha. consulting in the taproom too yeah. so we help other people develop their beers very cool um but you contract brewer? we contract other than that yes what do you contract other uh mostly ipswich oh great okay great so we started in ipswich and um and we've been with them a long time we have brewed elsewhere too we did down the road for one for one batch yep. and then unfortunately donovan passed, passed away, away. Yeah. and then um castle island yep. okay. so, the, so the race pace is now brewed in castle island yeah. a little bit closer for you it's much more convenient yeah. here than here uh, than ipswich but yeah. ipswich you know they they brew the weekender the competitor and the um light into dark yeah um and if we're we're working on a gluten-free beer too and they oh, nice. they brew the celia which is pretty much the biggest gluten yes. beer in the yeah. local area it's not yeah. the biggest nationally i don't think but so, so this would be 100 percent gluten-free or is it gluten intolerant it would be 100 percent gluten-free wow. there would be no ingredients with gluten uh no ingredients with gluten in them so no barley no wheat no rye yeah excellent it's tricky brew yes yeah, definitely. gluten-free beer brewing is not easy no 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 a lot of syrups and yeah. And par- partial mashes. Yeah. Trying to get that balance. <laughs> it's it's fun yeah. though. Actually, it's it's interesting because I've brewed a lot and and it's it's actually kind of a challenge. I kind of yeah. like it. It's like it's just different. So you have to execute things differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you it's more difficult to judge from the beginning to the end because the amount of grain you're not putting much grain in there. So I did one the other day and it was basically uh, flaked oats and quinoa in the mash. Yep. Which was kind of like your dinner or yeah. something, <laughs> right. and, and then we added other stuff in the boil kettle. Yeah. So the mash, we had to put a lot of rice hulls in there just to make sure that it didn't get blocked. Yeah. 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 Um, where did you learn to brew? Uh, I learned at home pretty much. Yeah. I have done a bunch of courses though. I did one in uh, I got to remember the name of it now. It's in California in Sacramento, Davis. Okay. Uh, UC Davis. Ca- yeah. UC yeah. Davis. Yeah. Yes. Great. I flew over there and I, it was great actually. I had a good time. Yeah. And the guys there were, it was an English guy. I think he's retired now, but yeah. it was an English guy who made the course. Um, and I also did a course more locally here too. Yeah. And then uh, the guy that, who's the sort of brewing science of the operation, he, he, he you out. He's, he's very intelligent. Yeah. Much more intelligent than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so what has it been like having a, a business during Corona for you? <laughs> You know, uh, I yeah, that's um, the the biggest problem we had when it happened was that we had kind of started growing quite significantly. You know, we had these opportunities in all these different states. So we're talking to a lot of distributors. Our tap room, which is small, and we don't really rely on you know a huge amount for um, uh, revenue, was picking up as well, um, and it's great in terms of like marketing and the rest of it. Um, but then just to shut everything down and then just not being able to do anything. I mean, we're, we're a pretty low cost enterprise. So, um, you know, I, I didn't see any risks of us disappearing, frankly. I mean, we had brewed quite a lot of beer for some of these distributors and we've had to kind of work through that. Um, but we've, we've got through that. Um, it, it, the, the challenge is that you can't, it, the challenge is how do you grow, right? Mm. Because I, I will say the other thing is, though, you know, we shut down the tap room and all bars closed. We saw a huge uptick in the local accounts um, for packaged goods, yep. you know, like cans. But um, it didn't offset enough for us because we just weren't distributed enough. Um, but distributing Connecticut definitely kept us going because they the beer sold through coronavirus and I would say we've even grown during coronavirus in Connecticut. So then I count their bars and stuff are more, are more open than they are here. I now think, I think, but the challenge is still, you know, we have how, if you get into a cat, how do you, how do you introduce your product? So we yeah. used to sp- sponsor a lot of races and running races, triathlons, cycling races, you know, yoga, you know, this is kind of what we do. And now you can't do any of it. So yeah. you can't do tastings in liquor stores, yeah. um, which is difficult for you know, distributors because you, know, you can't 
there's a lot of things you can't do. Um, I think the consumer has got hungry for new things again. They, they've, I think they've got kind of bored. I don't know what other words to use, but they've got tired <laughs> yeah. of sitting around at home and just, right. you know, drinking the same old stuff yeah. or doing the same old things. They want to get out. They want to do things. So they, I think they are pushing the envelope a little bit again. Um, but it's tough. I mean, we have a, a outdoor pop-up in the local town here, which is very popular, probably a little bit more popular than I thought it was going to be. But it's safe. It's outdoors. And you have all these tables. They're all really far apart. So people can take the mask off when they're sitting down, obviously. And they, they can be, feel comfortable. Kids are there. Um, but that's gonna, it's going to get cold here at some right. point. It's not, and right. I, I wonder what's going to happen. And maybe we're going to have to open some markets in the south, I think. <laughs> yeah. te Texas is yeah. our best, best <laughs> yeah. state. <laughs> yes, there we go. Uh, the whole running and, and health and fitness lifestyle, uh, obviously, you, you're in phenomenal shape, it looks like. Um, but You can come running with us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, oh, owning a brewery is such a full-time job. It's a full-time job plus, and I'm sure you have a family. Um, how do you make time to, to run and do all that stuff as well? Well, I, ha I actually made a big effort to simplify the whole business. Yeah. Um, you know, because... Because it is complex, it is, it is time-consuming, and I will say that the less events make it a lot less time-consuming. <laughs> I'm not that saying happen? that's a, I'm not saying that's a good thing because right, right. in terms of your business, I don't think it is. But in terms of time, it suddenly gives you a lot more time. But because we contract brew, so we do have to supply some ingredients to them. We have to move kegs around. Um, so the combination of contract brewing and distributing, using distributors. Um, I, I've really tried to make it simpler for for us. I mean, the taproom till still takes a lot of work because yeah. the taproom. But I live locally to here. Um, we have three or four good bar local bartenders who are very helpful, um, and many of them are younger than me. I think they're all younger than me, but <laughs> they're a lot stronger than me. So they, you know, they can help lift and move stuff around. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a lot of work. The beer industry is complicated because of all the time-related stuff which is involved. Like brewing is, you know, you need to, you need to schedule your beer, you need to yeah. order your ingredients, you have, to, you have to brew it, then you have to wait, you have to wait for it to come out, and then you have to get it, in, you have to get it into an account, you have to get it to your warehouse, you have to get it into accounts. It is, and then it perishes. So yes, it's, I didn't realize that when I started. I will say that yeah. <laughs> the level of like management of the different elements is 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 a lot. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but after time, you, you do get used to it. You, you can do it. And, you know, if you can get distributors who can uh, pick your product direct from the contract brewers, you, you, you begin to learn ways of doing it to make it much easier, I think, hmm. which comes from relationships too, either being with the either with the distributors or the contract brewers, but over time you, you get good relationships and you can, you have a lot, lot more flexibility than when you start. Because when you start, you know, you have to pick up your beer. It just, it just gets easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and even making the beer gets easier because when you, <laughs> when you first start, right. it's hard because you, you might, if you go from small batches, and I, I love having the tap room because you at least have medium sort of size, you know, it's not a big system here, but at least it's medium size. So you can scale up from that. Yep. Uh, you definitely can scale up from that. But the, otherwise, it's like you, you're kind of rolling the dice. You brew a batch and, you know, you, you hope it's going to be good. And particularly with what we do with our recipes, the beginning was quite hard to get them to execute. It took a lot of... We did, we did 12 test batches, small test batches, before we even went into production. Wow. And Is this because you're going from five gallons to something larger? Yes, and then because yeah. of the salt inputs we have and because mm -hmm. of the other elements which which it's not a one-to-one -one scale up no yeah. it's definitely on a curve yeah. so yes and we we have we've only ever had one really bad batch which we brewed um um in ipswich and it was tough at the time it was very early on but boy did we learn something from that yeah. mistake yeah it really taught us something because we had to make some changes to our recipes and we haven't had that issue again Good for you. That's I, good. <laughs> I was actually a time I was like, I don't even know if this is possible. Because we, when we first started doing what we're doing, I, 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 
struggle to use the word revolutionary, but no one had really done it before. The amount of salts that we have in our beers and, um, you know, even, even the logos that we have on our cans and the whole concept of our brand, no one had really done it. Um, so each time we've managed to, now, now it seems easy because you're looking in the rear view mirror and you're like, well, we've got of all course. this, we've got yeah. all this stuff that's here. But, you know, I, I didn't know whether we were going to be allowed to have our cans designed with the logo we have and the rest of it. Um, most of our beers are, have formulas. So it's just, you know, it just takes time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, other people who are kind of doing what you did now with the athlete centric. Yeah. yeah. There are other people. Yeah. So locally, my Mighty Squirrel originally started with that same kind of concept. Yes. And they deviated away from that protein beer because yes. of not not enough interest in that. How are you keeping the interest? Well, we have pivoted a little bit, I will say. I mean, we started off, you know, with certain story, but we've pivoted definitely to the low alcohol, um, sorry, the hot, big flavor at low alcohol. Yeah. Um, the, the recipes have not changed. Um, I will say that, as, as I just said, we, we did 12 test batches, maybe even 14 before we went to market. So we worked really hard on making sure that what we did was flavor enhancing yep. and was a natural brewing process. We, didn't, we don't just dump, in, dump stuff in the beer and just move on. Ours is part of the brewing processes. Yeah. And um, I think we've been very, or at least tried to be very true to what the company was founded on. And we haven't stopped. I mean, if you go on, a, if you go on, the, um, on any of our uh, social media accounts, you'll see we have a, um, a blog once a week for um, it's called a fitness feature Friday where we feature these different athletes we've stayed consistent we we didn't suddenly start to chase something else yeah. be it like a New England IPA like everyone else we have one and I know how important it is in the market but we've tried to stay true to what we are because I think in the end it, it will work and I yeah. think as we and, I, and at the same time is you know if we were just a new brand with a bunch of New England IPAs if we go to like you know, another state, they, they have their, but they have their local brands for a right. bunch of New England IPAs. We're right. not unique or even particularly interesting at that point. Right. You do sacrifice some stuff with doing that. The low, the higher alcohol beers, which we do do some in the tap room, but you know, there are people who want higher alcohol beers. So right. gluten-free may be higher alcohol because it's still gluten-free. Right. Yeah. So it still fits into the, uh, the, you know, the business well, um, yeah. model. Yeah. What are um, some of the grains and tricks that you use for making a gluten-free beer? <laughs> I had to start asking a lot of questions, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of what I, I found it kind of interesting, I've got to be honest. I had to, I had to find suppliers who could even supply right, the goods because right. the two main suppliers, to my great surprise, I have to say I was really surprised by this, so you know, Brewers Supply Group and um, Brewcraft, which is mm -hmm. part of Country Malt. Yep. You know, they're great suppliers. They're very good businesses. And, you know, we obviously use them to get grains and our contract suppliers do. But they don't really have much to offer in the gluten-free world. I'm like, this is weird, isn't it? Because isn't it, it's a growing sector of the market. Yeah. So one of the, one of the challenges was finding, like, ingredients, Right. Um, so actually there's a company called Grouse Malting, which I think is in Colorado, which I found, um, I found online somewhere just researching and I spoke to them. They were quite helpful. Um, they actually have a lot of ingredients we don't even use, but you know, the, one of the challenges I think in gluten-free is getting, um, your beers to taste, you know, they don't really, have, not the grains which are used are, are not. You know, they're not malted in the same way. Yeah. So getting like roasted tasted or anything which is particularly malted, multi test tasted, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different flavor profiles. And then yeah. color can be a little challenging. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, so that's so still important, that aesthetic. The aesthetic and right. the mouth feel. Yeah. So I'm not there yet, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, ho I yeah. do hope to get there. Yeah. Um, and I have some, yeah. So I've been working with someone who's quite interesting to bring it to market yeah you mentioned cool. you worked in the shoe industry for quite a bit of time yes what uh what did you take from that industry to bring into the brewing industry a lot yeah 
A real lot. I mean, in, in many senses, it's both consumer product okay. businesses. I, it's a, if you remove the product development or the development's quite similar as well in many sure. ways, but it's it's really you're trying to get a product to market, and um, it, a lot of the things are the same. Very similar process. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, shoe development is different from beer development. There are stages, and you have to. You don't have prototypes in there. You have more batches <laughs> yeah. and, or, or trial batches. Um, but it's still the same kind of step process. And then when you have a product, it's still, it's, then it's kind of go time. That, yep. Obviously, in beer, there's a lot more regulation. Okay. Like a, there's a lot more. You, you get your beer licensed and all the can labels. Yeah, and, you mentioned. Yeah, I don't know yeah. whether anyone else talks about that much when you yeah. interview them. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. But I'm sure they talk about how they get you're getting licensed because that's that is a big yeah that is a big deal. It um, is. It's, it yeah. can take eighteen to two, eighteen months to two years. I don't know what a time frame is now. I have to say the TTB are very. Um, I, I my conversations with them have always been you know the individuals there want to be very helpful and help you move along. That's good. I haven't got really much bad saying about them. <laughs> the same same with the ABCC. I mean, yeah. there is a lot of sort of red tape and hoops to jump through and, and it's particularly during coronavirus it's very confusing yeah i can imagine yeah. the rules keep changing and you don't really know what's okay what's not okay and then you see that other people kind of take some liberties with those rules and you're like well i can see why they do because you know if they don't for one thing they might go out of business or if they ask mm. a question they might just get a no <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know we're, I, i'd very much try to follow all the rules yeah but yeah, so it's getting your beer, getting your product to market is very much the same. Because yeah. you know, you got a product, you got to go to sale, you got to get that out to retail, you got to sell through. You've got your marketing piece yeah. where you got to get the right kind of packaging, get the right kind of message. Yeah. And I think it's very hard, particularly as a new brand, to get your message right from the beginning. Because I just, you don't know what the consumer's going to react to. I mean, yeah. some people can, and game onto them. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think it's hard though. Particularly yeah. if you're out trying to do something a little different. Like if, yeah. it's, if it's tried and true and you're just going to try and apply something which worked in another state and do it here and it's been done before, I think that's relatively easier. Um, I do think we've tried to do something which is, is a little different. Yeah. But different's okay. I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's easier working out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> before we get too far, let's crack open a fresh beer and hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. So we know that you can find the beer here in a couple states outside of Massachusetts. Um, I'm curious, though, you want to get it over in England, you said. I would love to. Um, what, how does the beer scene compare from here <laughs> to England? It's changed an enormous yeah. amount, I think. I, it's, it's funny. I've got to be a bit careful. But <laughs> we I have mean, a huge English audience. So yeah, you, gotta yeah. Be, you have to be very careful, yeah. You can hear them right now. I mean, I... No, don't get me. I I really like a lot of English beers, and you know I have no problem with the beers which are um, not carbonated. The warmer beers, Cask, fine. Yeah, I find all of that kind of interesting, and I no issues with it whatsoever. When I say um, I have to be a bit careful, is that I think they were the Ameri If you go back ten, certainly if you go back fifteen years, the American market was boring. Yeah, 
who was very staid. You know, you had these big domestic brands which dominate, and they, to some extent, they still dominate. Kind of yeah. interestingly, yeah. Uh, you know, Bud Budweiser, Bud, Bud Light, still by far the biggest beer, brew, the biggest beer in the United States, and um, you've got Miller, Coors. You got all these brands. They're not terribly interesting. No disrespect to them. <laughs> um, or Michelob Ultra even, which is a brand which you could say we compete with, but only in some broad levels because yeah. they, right, they go right. after a similar audience yeah. as they claim to, but the beers are totally different. Right. Um, but then there was an explosion in the craft beer world, as everyone knows, um, led by IPAs, but not just IPAs. It just just went crazy. The number of beers available and the variety and then suddenly you know a lot of a lot of home brewers and a lot of the home brewers tell me now that they basically started brewing because they didn't have anything to buy yeah right we hear that a lot so then they started they opened a brewery so everyone gets these options and it's it's fantastic it's amazing i mean you go into a, you can barely even you know i work in the industry i haven't heard of a lot of beers at this point <laughs> yeah and um uh in England, that didn't happen for a long time. And the beers, you know, they had more variety in the beginning, um, but they, you know, they, they were behind. Like many, many countries, I, I like to see, you know, I'm part South African and they've had a renaissance in beer production yeah. too. All of these countries have, the craft beer industry has sort of grown um, and they've taken their lead from the United States with, you know, IPAs, and the American IPA is not the same as the English IPA. It's not even right. that, not yeah. even that close. It's Although a night and day kind of thing. It's very. There's just so much, so many. No, I don't much many more hops in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's a, and but it's not just IPAs. It's the proliferation of ingredients with the fruit beers and in the varieties in the whip beers, which is not certainly not an American style, um, and the whip beer. I like, love wit beers and the, the varieties there, you've got Blue Moon on one side, which kind of represents the old guard, if you like, and even UFO to some extent. Yep. But now you've got very flavorful like yeah. wit beers and a yeah. very strong category. And, you know, you, you, wouldn't, you couldn't buy these in England. But now if you go there, there's a lot more craft breweries and there's a lot more options. Yeah. It's not as good as here. <laughs> That's why I say I have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> and but it's progressing? It's definitely progressing in that. I mean, it, at the same time, uh, actually, I'll just finish my point there. So <laughs> I, the New England IPAs in the UK are not as good as here. They are really not as yeah. good. Um, I'd love someone to, I can't go to England anymore because of coronavirus. You can't. Right, yeah. right. Not many flights. And, yeah. Um, but I will say on the other side of the coin here is that I don't really know many American brewers making the, uh, you know, the... Um, a really good ESP no, or yeah. something. A brown ale or something. So in England, as far as I understand, they brew a beer and they have to get it sold within three weeks. It has to be drunk within three weeks. Oh, wow. That, yeah. it, I, that would not work in the United States. It, there would be no <laughs> shot. There would be yeah. no shot of it working. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason for carbonation and cold storage. Right. It makes, allows you to, you know... At least New England IPAs, they can last almost like <laughs> yeah. three months, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but without the cold storage and carbonation, those beers would be funky yeah, in about, in about yeah. a week. Um, so, but you, anyway, you can't really get those those uh, British styles here. You, yeah. every, all Americans would complain that the, bombs, the beer's warm and unca uncarbonated. Right, and right. They don't want to drink it and yeah. there's something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> So Jeff, what are you drinking at home? What's uh, what's your drink of choice at home? Uh, Zealous almost exclusively because yeah. I have quite a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, right. My favorite beer right now, especially you know, I, I drink a lot of our uh, light into dark porter. Okay. okay. It's it's so drinkable, and I I run. I just completed. This isn't going to be a personal. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a coronavirus turned up, and the, this guy who we just had on our blog actually, you should go to our blog. It's fascinating. This guy created this. Um, he, he created a lot of different things. One of the things, which there's a movie on now called The Barclay, the guy's called Lazarus Lake. It's not his original name. His original name is Gary Cantrell. And um, he created something called The Barclay Marathons, which is literally the hardest run in the world. Okay. Um, you have to do five laps. Um, the course changes um, each year. 
each lap is meant to be around 20 miles, but actually oh, wow. it usually ends up being 26 miles. Oh, jeez. So it's the just, full marathon. And it's just uh, through the wilderness, right? Yeah. yeah. And quite often people don't even finish. Um, either way, it's hard. So yeah. it, he, he created something called the Great, um, Great Virtual Race Across Tennessee, um, which is it's about 635 miles. Ooh. And you had four months to complete it. And um, so, yeah, I, I did that nice. during coronavirus. Wow, good for you. <laughs> and after a lot of my long runs, um, I actually, had, what I was doing, I averaged eight and a quarter miles for, um, per day. Yeah. So I did it in 77 days. But I got to tell you that I was nowhere near that. Some people have done, I think, up to seven back and forwards in the Oof. time period. Wow. So that's 635 times seven, which... Wow. A large number. That's a, yeah. that's a lot of miles. That's yeah. a lot of running, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, and so, yeah, so after I do a long run, I would quite often drink the light into dark. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's a dark beer, but they're underrated. If you oh, for me. sure. Yeah, Very for sure. underrated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, guilty pleasure beer? Oh, so you asked me what beers I drink. So yeah. <laughs> I, d- I don't just drink Zealous. Yeah. I do drink other beers. Um, uh, let me think. I've always quite been quite a big fan of Wormtown Bee Hoppy. Yeah, it's a great one. That's a good one. It's a, it's a, it's a great beer. I did meet Ben Roche once. Yeah. He, he, did, he actually taught a course I did. I, so I've always been quite partial to that beer. Um, uh, I quite like Night Shift Whirlpool. Mm, that is a good beer. Um, yeah. There are... There's a God. You're gonna ask it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. There's a there's a what's the brand called? Anita from, um, from Unita. Unita yeah. uh, from California. Yeah, they have a yeah. straw. They have a strawberry beer. Yeah, I know. It's a strawberry blonde. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's blonde actually. Maybe it is. It's it's uh, that's a really good beer. Cool. I quite like fruit beers. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. What I can't drink really are the Imperial Stouts. They're just too alcoholic for me. Yeah. They're tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do quite like some Trillium, the, the New England IPA Trillium yeah. beers. Oh, for sure. Um, Treehouse is the other local one. I think I probably lean towards Trillium <laughs> first. Yeah. Um, what else do I like? Do you have like a guilty pleasure domestic beer? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. I actually can't drink them at all. I, yeah. I, I would not drink. No. no. no it's kind of like your US. competitors, I guess, too, right? Well, I just, I just, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was saying the Michelob Ultra. Right, yeah. yeah. Just because of the audience they go after. Yes, yeah, yeah um, that's what I was thinking, I guess. But um, no, I, I can't drink any of them. Yeah. I can't drink any of them. I'm trying to think <laughs> of some, there are some UK beers I kind of like, and I look forward to buying when I'm there. But I can't, not, they're none of the big ones, because okay. the big ones are like Carling. And I, I can't black label, and I can't really drink that. Um, just trying to think. Now. I do quite like Allagash White. Yeah. Mm. A, I think there's a reason some of these beers, which suddenly become quite big, yeah, because they're just good. That's yeah. an amazing beer. Yeah, yeah. Right? that's a great no, beer. Yeah. And and then they just get on tap and they just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> right. thing with like some fiddlehead beers. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They've got a little bit of a niche audience. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm so wrapped up in my own beers. Yeah. No, that's, that's, all right. that's, that's, that's a good number. That's bit, good. Bit egocentric of me. Yeah. Yeah. But there no, are definitely right. beers I do yeah. enjoy. And I do yeah. enjoy, because we don't brew them particularly, the New England IPAs I do enjoy. But although they've so become so prevalent, I mm-hmm. have moved away from them a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, do you, um, have you done any collaborations with any other breweries? No, we have discussed. Uh, we, I briefly discussed doing one with a distillery. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, I know the owners of Bully Boy. Oh, okay. really? That's yeah. the local one here. Yeah, yeah. Um, briefly discussed that. Um, no one else, but I I would be open to it. Yeah. It could be interesting using some of our proprietary methods. Yeah, it could be cool to our, do that. Yeah. Not worrying about the low alcohol piece, but doing the yeah. other components to it could actually right. be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Excellent. I have seen a few brands knock us off. Uh, recently. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. We don't have to call them out. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, I want people to come and try your beer. Um, is the tap room open for to-go sales? 
It is open for curbside pickup. You curbside. can go to our website, uh, com, yeah. and you can order straight off there. Yeah. Um, as I said, we have a beer garden. Um, and the plans? Well, we have a beer garden, which is open. Well, it's not a beer garden, sorry. It's a pop-up yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. locally here. Um, and we, we sell in all the local accounts here. Yeah. Yeah. And we just started with a new mass distributor. It's actually it's called Icon. They're, cool. a, they're um, actually a wine distributor. Okay. Um, but they're looking to get into beer. Cool. And I actually... The bigger beer houses are a little... You know, they have a lot of brands... You can get lost pretty easily. Definitely. So if you have a group of individuals which are you're important to and they focus on your brand, I think it's yeah. I think I think it can work really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you're not going to compete with any of these bigger guys. I mean, it's just it's hard. Those, I just think that's not going to happen. Yeah. No. So it is. Are you open for curbside pickup? Um, well, you can order, and you know we'll be open. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saturdays we've been open. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. we what we tend to do is um, people order, then we sort of collate them all together and have a pickup time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because we're in, because we sell in so many accounts local to here, yeah, we just just keep delivering. I have a bunch of beer I have to deliver right. Yeah. <laughs> right we just keep we just keep right, delivering to right, there. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well. And you guys are on social media. I want people to go to that blog that you keep on mentioning. Talk about that. That's, uh, you can find it on our website. It's under zealousbeer.com. Get active. Um, there's a lot of individuals on there. And then um, uh, also we, we posted on Facebook, Instagram. Cool. We actually have three Instagram pages. Oh, jeez. Oh, we did that because um, we have our main one, which is Zealous Beer. But then we, because we have this active part of our brand and we we're doing all these different active br- Yeah, raises I didn't, and things. I didn't want to overload the main page. Right. Yeah. And then we also did one for the tap room because, it, you know, if we're in another state, the other, you know, the people yeah, in people the other state. people might st- not care in Delaware. Don't, right. don't, they don't care about the tap room. Yeah. Yeah. And equally, you know, the people in the tap room don't necessarily care about in Delaware. Yeah. Right. It's become a little <laughs> less, imp- this is when we had, we're kind of overloaded with content. Yeah. Right. But with, Events more or less banned, or the yes. one of a better word. Yes, <laughs> um, that's true. Um, it's become a little less important. Yeah. We're also yeah. on Twitter, but we, you know, we, we do suck at Twitter. We're Twitter, also so on Twitter. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's hard to use. I Twitter. I, yeah. It's just a different audience. I'm told it's a yeah. lot more men on there, and I'm like, well, you know, do, don't men drink more beer? Right. We have struggled. <laughs> I would admit, we struggled on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter is a I think I was happy we got like three retweets and I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get countless on other apps. <laughs> yeah. Some people, some, I think people have been on it longer or better. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed yeah. that. Like ones with big audiences and known mm-hmm. that they're on Twitter. Um, yeah. We're probably best on Facebook now. We, the audience is just more interactive. Yeah. Oh, it's for small, sure. It's smaller than, it's significantly smaller than our um, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. but it's much, much more Engaging. interactive. Yeah. Much more interactive, yeah. yes. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, so, Instagram. What uh, can you list off your your handles for Instagram? Uh, I think it's Zealous Beer, Zealous Taproom, and Zealous Get Out, Get Get Active. I okay. think. Yeah. And then we'll find them. I think we're just Zealous Beer on Twitter. Okay. Well, cool. We are on unta- Untapped. Yeah. We've never done YouTube, although I, some people do. Yeah. Video yeah. pages. It's hard. <laughs> I, I think in the end you just get kind of. Although it's probably more important now than it ever has been because yeah. people sit on their phones all the time and they can't really go anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. social media yeah. is, you've got to live with it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Erica, your favorite? Sure. Episode? Well, we will go with that. Um, I'd like to just end each episode with what are you most proud of? Uh, I'm most proud of being able to found a beer company and to still be in business <laughs> yeah. four years later yeah. and, and to have maintained the integrity of our brand. That's important. Um, so I think that our brand still stands for the same thing it started off and, and, and to be gaining an audience and getting more and more customers. I think you learn as you go. For sure. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's a journey, but I think we've got a handle on it now. Yeah. That's great. Well, Jeff, thank you for doing this today. We really appreciate you taking some time. Yeah. And uh, 
we hope to catch you down the road soon. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. No Cheers. 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 Well, thank you for making it this far in the episode. I want to thank Jeff from Zealous Brewing for taking the time to do this uh, interview. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I want to say, like, you know, it, it's really cool that he's doing something different in the brewing industry. Yeah. You know, uh, low ABV, um, his beers with, like, the added salt and, like, the mineral profiles, I think, really makes his beer stand out from a lot of other people. For sure. You know, it's, it, he's doing something different, and he's... He has that targeted has a audience, niche, really very neat so. niche, niche, whatever you want to, however you say it. Potato, potato. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just really dig what he's doing, um, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, other than that, uh, I just want to make sure that you guys take the time this week. The only thing that we want you to do. The only thing. The only thing is write a review. Write meow. Write meow. <laughs> just... Take the time on your lunch break, when you get home, whenever you have a couple seconds, just write a review for us. We want to hear your feedback, and we want to know what we need to change, what you like, and what we can do better. Exactly. So other than that, until next week, we got a pretty cool episode planned for you. We're not going to say what it is because we never do. And even if we do, it never happens. We always exactly. do something completely different. So why would we bother <laughs> saying what we're going to do? Bother? Exactly. So... Until next week. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>